You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a crossover Thursday edition of Locked On Bills and Locked On Colts. I'm Joe Marino from the Locked On Bills podcast, joined by Evan Sidery, the host of the Locked On Colts podcast, and we are going to get everyone ready for Bills Colts on Sunday, a big game for both teams. The Colts have really turned around their season and are in the playoff picture. The Bills are leading the AFC East, but the Patriots are right behind them. So a pivotal game for both teams. And the last time we saw these two teams play, it was in the playoffs. And so there's some fun recent history and a very important game for us to talk about on Sunday. And so, Evan, as we start this conversation, I always like to start by asking about the quarterback. And there's an interesting quarterback situation in Indianapolis with Carson Wentz coming over from Philadelphia. So catch us up to speed on how he's performing so far in his first season as a Colt. Yes, yeah, so Carson Wentz has actually done pretty solid so far this season. He's thrown for almost 2,400 yards, 17 touchdowns, three interceptions. Those numbers are great on the surface. But I'd say more so Carson Wentz has looked like a perfectly average quarterback, which is exactly what the Colts have needed so far this season. Just like Phillip Rivers was last year, adds a little bit more in the arm category with a stronger arm. But outside of that, we've seen the bat of Wentz. We saw it the both games against Tennessee when they lost. Both those games, they were pivotal to be in the divisional race or pretty much solely in the wild card spot now because of that reason losing both those titans games but pretty much carson Wentz is doing exactly what he's been asked to do open up the offense a little bit take some shots down the field really play safe conservative football at some points he's been top 10 in some advanced metrics as well so far this season but he's not really pressing he's not playing hero ball like we saw last year in philadelphia which is really awesome to see from Wentz because we saw last year joe that when Wentz had everything on his shoulders it just was an awful scenario in Philadelphia, and that's why I got shipped out to Indianapolis. And Frank Reich's really drew into him, just technique, his footwork being a lot better, and really just not pressing. We've seen Wentz do it a couple times this year, where when he presses late in games, it's, it does not end up well. We saw ugly pick in the end zone against Tennessee. But outside of that, it's been pretty solid so far. I'd say he's been like a top 12 quarterback this, so far this year. And that's really the re- reason why the Colts are steering the ship so far, kind of saving their season a little bit. You know, Evan, it's interesting that you use the word average to describe Carson Wentz because I do a lot of study and research into the quarterbacks that the Bills are facing. And when I finished my research on Carson Wentz, I went through all the metrics that I normally do. And I thought to myself, man, there's really not a lot of holes to poke here. I'm not sure that he's standing out in any one area, but he's certainly not struggling in any one area. I thought something that really did stand out was how good he has been handling the blitz. I mean, opposing defenses when they blitz him, he's making them pay. I mean, a really good passer rating in those situations. So uh, good roster overall. And I think Carson Wentz coming in and stabilizing things and giving them a little bit more juice in the passing game has led to, you know, Indianapolis having a bit more punch here of late and, you know, in some ways compared to last season. So one thing that you can't help but notice when you think about this Colts team is the emergence of two really dynamic young playmakers in running back Jonathan Taylor, wide receiver Michael Pittman. So, Evan, tell us about these players and what's making them so productive for the Colts. Yeah, I'll start off with Jonathan Taylor first, Joe, because, I mean, what else can you say about him? Just the way he keeps developing. We saw it the second half of last season in his rookie year, just the way he took a 
gigantic midseason leap. He was in Frank Reich's doghouse for a little bit. And then he finishes the year second in rushing the last six weeks behind Derrick Henry. And now this year, Jonathan Taylor is doing the exact same thing, but doing it even better. Almost six yards per carry. He has, I think, four runs over 60 yards so far this season. Just goes to show how explosive he is, how comfortable he is within this system. And just you see the last seven games, he has 10 rushing touchdowns too. Like it's, it's just incredible what Jonathan Taylor is doing right now. I think he's one of the leaders for Offensive Player of the Year. He's on pace for 2,100 scrimmage yards. Just the way he can do it both as a runner and a passer, a son that we didn't see at Wisconsin was just the way he could really catch the ball and make some explosive plays happen in the passing game. But he's done it multiple times so far this year. He's a complete running back to me. I think he's a top three running back in the NFL. He's only getting better. He's only 22 years old. This guy's a superstar, in my opinion. I think he's going to be one of the best running backs in the NFL for the next five to six years. And then Michael Pittman Jr., I mean, it's so awesome to see his development, too, because him and Carson Wentz had that awesome rapport already together where on third down, Pittman leads the NFL in multiple metrics. He's very reliable inside and out of the hash marks. And he has great hands, too. We saw it at USC. He can take the jump ball down the field. He can do it on slants and crossing routes as well. Really, anywhere across the field, Pittman can get it done for you. And right now, we're seeing his emergence and kind of taking that baton away from T.Y. Hill and as the future number one, number one wide receiver for the Colts, Joe. And these two guys are the future of this Colts offense. They made it go so far this year. And I can't imagine just this is just scratching the surface for these guys' potential, how good they're going to be in a couple of years. You know, it's going to be fun is the, uh, the battles between Titans and Colts fans for who's the best running back between Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, Derrick Henry's outstanding, but Jonathan Taylor up and coming. Just 22 years old, man. This guy's getting nearly four yards after contact per carry. So the Bills have a big assignment to deal with Mr. Taylor on Sunday. Evan, let me sneak one in here about the offensive line because I think we all understand that the Colts have a a great offensive line, one of the best in the NFL. But it's a little bit different this year with Eric Fisher at left tackle. You know, Quentin Nelson was kind of banged up early in the season. I don't think he's having his best year. He's still playing a high level, but collectively this is still one of the best offensive lines in the NFL but I'll let you speak to that yeah absolutely there's still a great mauling run group as far as opening up holes for Jonathan Taylor but so far this year in pass protection it's been a little bit leaky Ryan Kelly's not been at a pro bowl level like you mentioned Quentin Nelson not really been an all pro level as well Eric Fisher it looks like he's still not comfortable at all post Achilles injury as far as setting his anchor in pass protection against elite speed rushers Fisher more often than not gets bulldozed a couple times per game, kind of ruining some plays for the Colts as far as deep plays down the field. And then at right guard, they're actually splitting reps right now between Chris Reed, a veteran journeyman who started for the Panthers last year, and Mark Lewinsky. Reed really impressed when Quentin Nelson was out for three weeks, and that's why they're splitting those reps right now. And then Braden Smith, after returning from his injury, has been over-liable, playing at a Pro Bowl level at right tackle. So I'd say he's probably been the best offensive lineman so far this year is Braden Smith when he's been on the field. But outside of that, it's not usually been the elite Colts offensive line that we've seen. It's more so just a great unit right now. I think they're really missing Anthony Costanzo. He was just so underrated in the NFL, but he retired last year, and he was kind of that bookend left tackle. You didn't have to worry about anything over there. I know Eric Fisher is still a good left tackle, Joe, but at this point, you can see the difference between Eric Fisher and Anthony Costanzo and kind of why he held that whole group together. Yeah, I'll be honest, in my research for the game and, and watching some tape, I thought Smith was the best offensive lineman, and, and that's – that's a tough uh, thing to claim here with some of the talent that the Colts have up front. Obviously, injuries are, are impacting this unit playing to their highest level. We know what this group is capable of. Evan, talk us through this defense. What's going on right now? Where is it strong? What are the issues? I know that there's a ton of injuries in the secondary. Quiddy pays coming on at, at defensive end. So just your overall thoughts on 
the Colts defense, what's going right and where are there some issues right now? Yeah, so where it's going right is the turnover department. That's one thing the Colts are really making their hay at is forcing turnovers. They lead the NFL in that department so far this year. Just a lot of amazing plays, mostly by Darius Leonard. He's forced nine of those turnovers so far this year. It just goes to show how special of a guy he is at punching that ball out like Charles Tillman did back in the day for the Bears. I think he has three or four forced fumbles so far this year in that exact same manner. Bobby Okereke, too, the linebacker out of Stanford, who's in his third year, finally taking over that role full-time next to Darius Leonard, Mike Linebacker. He's on pace for almost 150 tackles this year. He's really growing into that role as well. Kenny Moore, as we know, too, Joe, one of the most defense, defensive lines so far this year. He's getting double, triple teamed a lot. So as far as quarterback hits, pressures, and sacks aren't usually what we see from a Buckner type of play. I think with that being said, Quiddy Pay and Dio Dangbo, their first stick-around pictures draft. Dio just made his NFL debut two weeks ago. These two guys are already making an impact together. Quiddy Pay actually has five quarterback hits the last two weeks. He's getting a lot of good pressure. I know it's against the Jets and the Bills, but even so, see him kind of taking this turn a little bit is huge for the second half of the season for this Colts team because if he can get going, we know his potential as a first-round pick. He's an explosive, twitchy pass rusher. If he gets going alongside DeForest Buckner, and Dio Dangbo can get a little juice as well on the other side. It's going to change a lot of things for his defensive line and make the turnovers even rise up a little bit. That's what makes it so exciting with this edge presence. If those guys can really turn it on here, it's going to help out the defense and that secondary more often too because Xavier Rhodes, he's been out the last week, but with Xavier Rhodes, he's kind of back at the Minnesota version, Joe. He's not the same guy that we saw last year. Isaiah Rogers, I feel like, kind of has taken that spot over. Rocky has improved too a little bit. But I think Xavier Rhodes, if he does come back this week from injury, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they split rest between him, him and Isaiah Rodgers because Xavier Rhodes just has not been good this year. And then for the secondary, like you mentioned, the safety position, Julian Blackman's out for the season after blowing out his Achilles in practice a couple weeks ago. And then Kari Willis is going to be missing this game on Sunday too with a calf injury. So they're starting Andrew Sandejo and George Odom. So I would not be shocked at all, Joe, if Josh Allen's licking his chops a little bit on some play-action concept down the field. You know, this you mentioned the the turnover forcing ability of the Colts. I mean, that's something that stands out. The Bills also great at at forcing turnovers. We've got number one and number two in takeaways this year and turnover differential. So I think that's going to be a big storyline for this football game. And you mentioned Darius Leonard and how good he is at forcing turnovers. Well, the Bills running backs have been a little bit insecure with handling the football, Devin Singletary and Matt Breida with fumbles last week. And that's kind of been an issue for both of them throughout their careers. And so that's definitely uh, something I'm sure the Bills will be having a big emphasis on in terms of taking care of the football. Last thing for you, Evan, here is the Colts have really turned things around this year. A one and four start. They're now five and five. They won four of their last five, five of their last seven. What do you point to as some of the keys to the Colts kind of turning things around after a challenging schedule early on and, uh, you know, being back in the playoff picture. Yeah, I think it's a couple things. One is that Carson Wentz is finally healthy again. He sprained his ankle in week two against the Rams. Who knows if Wentz would have been on the field those last two possessions in the fourth quarter. If they would have beat L.A., they eventually lost 27-24. But that game was tied when Wentz got injured. And who knows if he would have went down the field and won that game. But then the next game, it's Tennessee. He just looked like nowhere close to himself, couldn't move around the pocket. And that was a key game they lost in week three, 25-16. But ever since that moment, week four against Miami, Wentz has looked completely different. He looks like a legit franchise quarterback in some moments too, which is great to see. But outside of that, though, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. kind of taking the the leap from week four on. Taylor since week four, 10 touchdowns. Pittman, five touchdowns over that span as well. These two guys are carrying that offensive load. 
And the turnovers, too, are coming in bunches for this defense, where, he, like we mentioned, Darius Leonard forced a lot of turnovers. To Forrest Buckner, when he gets in the pressure in the quarterback's face, it usually ends up in an interception. It's these little things that end up happening for this Colts defense. They're very much personify that bend but don't break mantra. You can drive down the field, but one mistake by the offense will more, more often not lead to a turnover against this Colts defense. And then also, just you see the smarter, aggressive play call from Frank Reich. I know it can be a little bit challenging in some moments. I know Colts against Curtis has Frank Reich a little bit, but his aggressiveness is starting to pay off a little bit, especially what we saw against San Francisco in Week 7 in that monsoon where he went for that deep shot in the middle on a fourth down conversion. Just awesome to see Frank Reich just really embrace the aggressive nature so far of this Colts team. And that's kind of why they're on this stretch. But I also want to throw the caveat out there, too, that their wins are against the Dolphins, Texans, Jets, and Jaguars, too. So this team has not proven to be a good team yet so far this year. So that's going to be something to watch out for as well. Hey, Bills fans, this is Joe Marino with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cashback gets added right to your account, and you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. When we are back for our second part of our crossover special today, I am Evan Sider, the host of Locked On Colts, joined by Joe Marino, the host of Locked On Builds. And Joe, it's time to ask you some questions. It's time about the Buffalo Bills, and I want to start off from a different point of view with the defense. Like you mentioned, they're right up there with the Colts as far as forcing turnovers. They're actually ranked number one in a lot of metrics so far this year as well. What's the main change that we've seen from Buffalo on defense? Because that's honestly been my biggest surprise watching this year. Yeah, it's it's a good question. And obviously the Bills defense is playing at an extremely high level. And what's interesting is they've played at a high level for a while now. If you go back to uh, 2018 and 2019, before the 2020 season, they were top three in the NFL both seasons. And then last year, you know, you saw some issues with injuries at linebacker, injuries in the secondary. They didn't quite have the defensive line rotation figured out like they had in previous years. And the defense definitely took a step back. And I think you have to account for playing from a different vantage point where the Bills offense last year was so good and you didn't necessarily have that same urgency on uh, on defense because you're not used to other the, the offense doing so much, and you have other teams that are needing to score a lot more points. And so all of that combined with that vantage point switch definitely led to the Bills taking a dip last year. They were still in the top half of the league, though, so it's not like they were terrible. They were just average. This year, they're playing really, really well, and what you have is this combination of talent, coaching, and continuity. I mean, the back seven, those guys have all been together since – either 2017 or 2018. Literally every linebacker, corner, and safety that starts for the Bills have been together for at least three, most four or five seasons. Then you have this situation where the defensive line rotation has absolutely stabilized with uh, the return of Star Tulele, although I don't think he's going to be available for this game. 
but they've invested in the defensive end position. They've used recent draft picks, their first-round pick on Greg Rousseau this past year. He's playing really well. They A.J. Epinesa last year in the second round, Carlos Basham in the second round. They, they signed F.A. Obata, and so they have the mix of defensive linemen that they want to go with a lot of experience on the back end. And so you have continuity, you've got talent, you've got really good coaching, and that's led to the Bills' defense performing at a high level this season. Let's go to Josh Allen now, Joe. We mentioned before, Carson Wentz is having a really good year for the Colts, but I'd say the same thing about Josh Allen. I know with what we saw last year with Josh Allen, many people don't think he's at the same level, but I think, honestly, he looks better or even better than what we saw last year. I know he put some monster numbers in 2020, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, but Josh Allen so far this year, 19 TDs, 6 interceptions. That game against Kansas City still stands out in my mind, Joe. Just the way he could just slice through some defense that are subpar. It's just awesome to watch his arm talent, his ability to lead teams down the field. But what's your assessment been of Josh Allen in year four so far? Because he looks, again, like an MVP, all-pro type of player. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people expected or it maybe wanted Josh Allen to regress this year, but just hasn't been the case. I mean, you can look at his, his numbers through the same amount of games last year compared to this year. And they're nearly identical. I mean, there's not, there's nothing that really stands out in terms of uh, major differences in terms of how he's producing on the field. And um, he's playing at a high level. He's, he's a really difficult quarterback to deal with because you mentioned the arm talent and how he has access to the entire field. He's good outside of structure. He's good in structure. He's winning down the field with vertical passes. And so, you know, he's playing at a high level and and he's, He's the type of quarterback that gives you a chance to win every single week. Now, if there is anything that's different this year compared to last year is I think there's been some some chinks in the armor when it comes to the offensive line. And you know, they they've they've got a left guard problem, I would say, and um they had some injuries early on in the season that kept Spencer Brown, their outstanding rookie right tackle, out of the lineup, and that kind of forced Darrell Williams to right tackle. They've used a lot of different combinations and there's been inconsistency up front. And so they should have their preferred starting five on Sunday, and that's when we've seen the best of the Bills' offensive line. But when you look back to games like the Bills lost against Pittsburgh or, or the Tennessee Titans, where those really dynamic defensive linemen that those teams have, like Harold Landry and Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons from the Titans, they were able to really create a lot of problems for the Bills' offensive line, or even in week one when it's T.J. Watt and, uh, and Cam Hayward and all those really good Steelers pass rushers you saw the Bills offense have some issues. And so uh, Josh Allen, you know, he's really good under pressure. He's got the second best passer rating in the NFL when he's under pressure. So it's not like he's not handling pressure well, but there is a certain amount of it that, you know, even the best quarterbacks are going to struggle with. And so that's the big question for this week against the Colts is, you know, you got DeForest Buckner, you've got you know, you, Quiddy Pays really coming on in his rookie season. They've got a lot of depth to that defensive line rotation. You know, can the Bills' offensive line play at the level necessary to give Josh Allen what he needs to tap into his really dynamic physical traits and extend plays and make throws down the field? You know, the stuff that we saw last year in the playoffs. And so that's going to be the big question. But Josh Allen, you know, still playing at a high level, still right there in the MVP conversation. And, um, you know, he's he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. And, you know, the Colts are the next uh, the next opponent in the way of him achieving his goals. For the Colts fans wondering out there about these Bills weapons too, Joe, I mean, we all know about Stephon Diggs. He sliced through the Colts team on wildcard weekend last year. But who else stands out in this group? Because just looking at the numbers here and watching the Bills play so far this year, one player that stood out to me is Dawson Knox. He's kind of emerging now at tight end. 
Are there any other weapons for Colts that they're wondering about that they need to keep an eye on for? Yeah, Dawson Knox definitely emerging this year. He missed a couple of games due to a hand injury. He actually broke his hand. He returned last week. He was pretty quiet, just had one catch. But, you know, we, we're certainly hoping that he gets uh, more comfortable and, and gets back to that form early in the season pre-injury. But, you know, it's two other really good receivers. Emmanuel Sanders, a longtime veteran in the NFL that I'm sure everyone's familiar with. He's playing really well. He's been a, a great answer for the Bills outside, opposite of Steph Diggs. And then, of course, Cole Beasley from the slot, who's an absolute menace uh, in that regard. Obviously, Kenny Moore, a great slot corner. That'll be a tough challenge for the Bills. But, you know, it's those guys. And then last week we saw them get Gabriel Davis going a little bit more. And I know the Colts fans remember some of those catches he made in the playoff game. He's been a bit quiet this year. They got the football to him last week. He had over 100 yards receiving. They're starting to get Isaiah McKenzie going a little bit in the offense. Matt Breida was active last week, and they tapped into his speed in the backfield. And so it's a lot of different guys, and the Bills have kind of found that balance in terms of getting them all going. And obviously, it's still a heavy dose of Stephon Diggs, but I think it's a really deep group that uh, you know they're they're figuring out how to use them all together. And we saw you know last week, albeit against the Jets, we saw the Bills' offense really use their full arsenal of weapons. Last question I have for you, Jay, that we can dive into our keys to the game on Sunday. You kind of mentioned it earlier in this segment about a way to beat the Bills, but for Colts fans listening, it seems like the main key that I'm gathering from you, Joe, is that if you get pressure on Josh Allen, if you win the trench battle, you're going to keep this game close. Is that a fair assessment? And also, is there anything else that stands out to you as far as a way that teams can beat Buffalo this year? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a, a good talking point here. I would say definitely if you can – if you can create some problems for the Bills' offensive line, that's going to be really important to get pressure from multiple directions on Josh Allen. I think everyone understands that. If you just get one guy free, Josh Allen more times than not, he's going to make that guy miss in the pocket and, and you know hit a throw down the field. If you can get that complimentary pressure going from multiple spots, that's really where you bottle him up and, and you know the Bills struggle, right? Like any quarterback would. But uh, you know that's kind of where the cape comes off, if you will, for Josh Allen is when you can get pressure from multiple sides but you know I think the Colts have a lot going for them in terms of being able to keep this game close whether it's the rushing attack right that's always a a neutralizer when you can run the football and you know the Colts certainly can and so that's going to be a big test for the Bills rush defense that's been really good this year they're third in you know fewest yards allowed on the ground they're third in yards per carry so they're doing a good job there but this is a this is a different type of test here with the Colts another x factor Evan obviously the you know, we turnovers are a big deal, and, and certainly the Colts can can force turnovers. But to me, an X factor in this game is the return guys that the Colts have in Naheem Hines and uh and Rogers, if I'm not mistaken, at, at kick returner. Uh just unbelievable speed there. And those guys can really change games with, you know, not just returning them for a touchdown, but really flipping the field position. And so that's kind of another X factor that I keep in mind when I consider this matchup and in different ways that the Colts can, you know, come in and, you know, as road underdogs in, in Buffalo to come in, you know, steal one from the Bills. Yeah, absolutely. Naheem Hines, Isaiah Rogers, two guys at four, three speed. If they can flip the field a little bit, the Colts could be in a really good spot on Sunday. But that's going to be it for our segment two of our crossover special. We'll be back here in just a moment as we get a word from our sponsors. Folks, there are so many great sports on every single day right now and the best place to place all your bets is over at betonline.ag. Head to their new website. They've updated it. They have tons of great odds, props, and contests, 
And if you sign up today, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. From basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. Have you ever tried to scoop that last bit of salsa out of a bowl? And right at the last pivotal moment, the chip breaks, the chip disappears into the salsa, your hand plunges deeper into the bowl, and you're left with the dreaded salsa knuckles. When you're stressing about whether or not we should go for it on a fourth down, it's the last thing you need. Well, I have a solution for you. Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips. They know that the purpose of a tortilla chip is to successfully deliver dips from the bowl to your mouth in one delicious piece. Their chips are sturdy, corny, and live to keep your knuckles clean. That's because their chips are cut and fried from real tortillas, while most chips on the shelf skip this step. On top of that, their delicious flint corn is organically grown in the Buffalo, Rochester area. So pick up a bag at your local Wegmans or Whole Foods Market today and say no to weak and crappy tortilla chips forever. Joe Marino, Locked On Bills, Evan Sidery from Locked On Colts. One more segment here to help get ready for Bills and Colts on Sunday where we are going to talk about our keys for the game. And Evan, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll interject my thoughts here and maybe you can respond and then give me your thoughts for the Colts. As far as the Bills offensively, what the Bills, I think they need to do against the Colts. I have three things. Number one is attack the secondary. You talked about it. They've got, they've got issues at safety with their preferred players being injured. Um, and, you know, they have injuries at corner as well. And, and you know, Rocky Sins a, a player that's been up and down throughout his career. I think the Bills are going to have opportunities to attack this secondary. The Colts are allowing a passer rating of 100 against their pass defense this year. The Bills need to be licking their chops in terms of throwing the football. Number two is to take care of the ball. 21 takeaways already this year for the Colts' defense, second most in the NFL, behind the Bills with 24. And so we know that they can take away the football, and that can change a game, right? The the metric that's always the most close to wins and losses in the NFL is, is turnovers. And so you need to make sure from a Bills perspective that you take care of the football and don't give the Colts an advantage in the turnover department. And then lastly, for the Bills' offense, don't let DeForest Buckner wreck your game plan. We've seen different defensive linemen, whether it's been, um, I mentioned Jeffrey Simmons or Harold Landry or Cam Hayward. The Bills have had a tendency to allow those elite defensive linemen to really change the way they play football. And so hopefully Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator, and his staff and the Bills have the right plan to handle one of the most elite defensive linemen in the NFL into Forrest Buckner. Now, when I mention the Bills' keys for success defensively, it starts with Jonathan Taylor. you got to be ready for some big boy football, terrific offensive line. They're great at run blocking, elite running backs. It's not just Jonathan Taylor. Naheem Hines is a pest as well, and they have really nice complementary skill sets, and so you better be ready to defend the run, stay in your run fits, and get downhill and tackle. Then it's organic pressure. You need to be able to get home with four pass rushers and take advantage of you know some issues that Eric Fisher's had this year and and get after the quarterback. And you have a deep and talented defensive line rotation. It needs to show up on Sunday and affect Carson Wentz. Um, as I mentioned, you, you, you don't really beat Carson Wentz by blitzing him. He's handled the blitz fine this year. But when you do get pressure on him, his completion percentage goes down 20%. 
His passer rating drops 33.7 points, and he loses 1.3 yards per attempt compared to when he's kept clean. So organic pressure on the quarterback. And then it's Michael, Pitt, or Michael Pittman. You pay Tredavious White all the big money to be your number one corner. He's got a tough assignment in Michael Pittman, and that's a matchup that, that needs to happen, right? They need to have Trey White follow Michael Pittman and do their best to, to neutralize one of the best young receivers in the NFL. Yeah, th- that's really good stuff there, Joe. And quite honestly, from what you're saying about the Bills stopping the Colts, if the Bills could do all that against Indianapolis, I don't think this game's going to be particularly close, to be honest, in Buffalo. And I agree with you on exactly what the, the Colts need to do against this Bills team, where you have to establish the run with Jonathan Taylor, make it big boy football, like you say. If he can get over 100-plus yards rushing, the Colts are actually undefeated in his career 8-0. So kind of force it through Jonathan Taylor. If the Bills stop it, you try to get it going. Michael Pittman, maybe have someone like T.Y. Hilton get going a little bit in this game as well. He's been very quiet so far this year due to injuries. But you play through those two guys. You play through Jonathan Taylor. You play through Michael Pittman Jr. If both those guys get going, I think the Colts are in a really good spot in this game on Sunday. And like you mentioned, the turnover battle, too. I agree with that, too, as one of my keys. If the Colts could get a turnover or two on Josh Allen, it's going to make a world of a difference and what I expect to be a very high-scoring game. I think this, the first one of 30 points probably wins this game, to be honest. So I agree that turnover battle, whoever wins that, is going to win this game. And for the Colts especially, they probably need to force multiple because this Bills team is going to score 30-plus points at a time. And then one more key I have for this game is the pressure. You have to get pressure in Josh Allen's face. Quinny Payne needs to have a breakout game. We saw his first NFL sack last Sunday, Joe, but I think this is a game where Quinny Payne has to be a disruptor almost every single snap. Him and DeForest Buckner need to make a game-changing play. And if those guys can get pressure in Josh Allen's face all day, make him rush his spots and his reads, it's going to make a lot of a difference. And then my last point about turnovers, too, which could easily be forced into one of those as well. So those are my keys of the game as well, Joe. I think it, we all kind of tied it together a little bit there. It's going to be one of those games, too, where I think it's going to come down to the very last possession. It's going to be, I think, I think a really, really fun game, to be quite honest. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. A good test for both teams. You mentioned the Colts are looking for a signature win. The Bills are certainly looking to validate their position in the AFC and so a lot of great storylines here obviously Bills fans are all big fans of Frank Reich so we normally wish you well except for on Sunday so looking forward to the game I enjoyed this conversation I hope that everyone gained great perspective from both sides of the coin on Sunday and understand the keys for success for both teams for Evan Sidery I'm Joe Marino thanks so much for listening